0: Welcome to another episode of Love with Elise Peck. I'm your host, Elise Peck, bestselling author on the topic of love, one on one love and life coach. And uh, I'm really excited for episode 33 today to be touching on some really important topics with our guest, Lisa Swanson. And through this conversation, we we talk about how Lisa Swanson is now in a beautiful marriage that has you know stood the test of time. It's, she's 24 years into it, um, but more important than that, they have. <coughs> pardon me, sorry. They have a beautiful best friend chemistry. Um, it, it, she just glows when she talks about about uh, her husband, and I think to know someone for 24 years and for your face to still light up <laughs> when you're talking about them, like you're doing something right. You've got you've You've, you're a bit of, you're a master at relationships and love at this point um, so I'm really just so grateful to be able to, to pick the mind of, of someone who was 24 years of a beautiful love story but before Lisa found that you know she was a single mother you know like genuinely single single as in no no support at all um, from the father who she had to have a restraining order against um, and she was recovering from an abusive relationship. So this is a real sort of hero's journey, a real story of transformation, of going, you know, from from zero to hero, from an abusive relationship to like an incredible, satisfying best friend, enduring one. Uh, and something that really, really touched me during this was that she is really, really close and has a beautiful relationship with both of her daughters who are in their 30s. Um, to this day and I think that what an accomplishment that is that that is something I really hope I can say um, when my daughters are in their 30s I really would love to think that If it feels good to them that I uh, am a secure base, I am someone that they want, they feel drawn to spend time with, not out of obligation, not because they think they should, not out of any kind of BS rules about what family ought to be or should look like. Not because they feel like they have to, but because they want to. That's something I'd really love to create. I'd really love to create the kind of relationship where they they actually want to be in my company from time to time. and, and they see me as someone to turn to in the hard times and someone that they can trust so yeah that, that was a really important point for me to unpack even though this podcast is mainly about romantic love I think the love of your children uh, is something that really really inspires me and creating secure attachment in the context of parenting is something that's also a huge passion of mine so we did unpack a little bit of that as well so this is a great and valuable episode with Lisa Swanson enjoy Welcome to another episode of love with Elise Peck. I'm your host, Elise Peck. And today I'm very excited to be speaking to Lisa Swanson. Lisa is the owner and founder of body and soul coaching, which is an online health and fitness group coaching. It's a coaching program for women over 50, her own journey to health and fitness helped to empower Lisa to leave an abusive marriage and thrive as a single mother and as an entrepreneur. This growth then helped her to step into a healthy, loving marriage. So it sounds like a really, really important story of transformation, of choosing self-love, of choosing um, something perhaps unfamiliar, but ultimately way better for you. And I'm really excited to unpack that. So welcome onto the podcast, Lisa. Oh, thank you, Lisa. I am so happy to be here today. Oh, I'm, I'm really happy to have you here. You've got a very warm, uh, yeah, just a very warm, I can tell when you said you did mindset coaching, I was like, yeah, like you just, <laughs> your energy screams, I've worked on my mindset. You know, it's just, um, it's it's a very warm sort of, I guess, empowered, um, but inviting energy. So thank you so much. Oh, for being thank here. you.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I love that. And I have been working a lot on mindset for years. It's such a big part of our journey.
0: Yeah, you can just feel it. There's something in your energy that just feels like sunshine. Um, hmm. so yeah do you get that a lot um i've had people tell me
1: that i do have a a strong energy that pulls them in i have had a lot of people say that to me
0: but thank you i appreciate that beautiful all right so i would love to just start with um setting the scene of essentially um how long well what is the current what is the current love in your life what is the relationship you've got today um, that makes you feel like you've got the love that you want? What is what is the kind of the happy ending that you're living in at the moment?
1: Oh, is- starting at the other end of it. That's an interesting so like way to go br- about it. Yes.
0: What we're going to do is we're going to briefly um, set the scene and it's a, like it can be like two sentences. So I'm speaking about, you know, my partner, blah, 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 blah who I met, and, da, 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 da. and then that's it. Uh, and, then I, and, then, um, and then I'll say, what's your favorite thing? And then we'll go back to it and how did you meet and unpack it from there. So I used to just start with, so tell us how you met, but I felt like I wanted to give people a little bit of buy-in to the story first, like, you know, it's sort of like you see these two people really in love, then you think, how did they meet? And I thought, let us, why don't we just say, hey, um, quickly, what is the relationship? So, okay. you know, the six-month thing that you just met on an app—is it a 12-year marriage or like what kind of relationship are we unpacking today? Um, and then we'll dive into, and how did you meet? <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll drop as I go. I'm experimenting. <laughs> All right. Very good. So
1: I have been married. Okay. My husband's going to kill me for this because I always have to figure out
0: how many years
1: it was. It, it's 24 years uh, in November. We'll be married 24 years. He's nine years older than I am. Um, so we have this a couple of generational things in there, but we're, we're best friends. We're really, we're best friends. And I think that's what keeps it going. Um, so we have um, two daughters from a previous marriage, we didn't have any other children once we were together. And we've got three dogs, we're kept quite busy. Um, and just, you know, we, just, we we like to hang out together We, I think, I think it's really important just, you know, being able to spend time together is really important. And, and I think that's what we've got.
0: You love each other's company and your best friends. Perfect. I love it. Amazing. All right. See, that really sets the scene. We're speaking about this 24. I, I love it. But great. All right. So <laughs> here's me figuring it out as I go and everyone's coming along for the ride. Thank, thanks, everyone, for, for witnessing the unfolding. Um, so the, my question now is, how did you meet? How How did you meet? well, this is interesting. So
1: I met Steve, so that's my husband's name is Steve and he was a phys ed teacher. I have two daughters and let's see, they were, the first one was going into uh, grade school. I think she was in first grade, first or second grade. And when she, it was her new school for her because we had just moved. And um, my very first time meeting him was seeing him at the school. He was her gym teacher Uh (laughs) and and I thought he was kind of cute, but (laughs) I remember hearing some kids running through the halls and this is really funny that they were running through the halls and somebody said, don't run through the halls, Mr. Swanson will kill us. And I remember thinking, wow, I wonder who this Mr. Swanson is if, because they're not talking about the principal. They're talking about somebody named Mr. Swanson. And then I saw him and I saw him teaching because I used to like to go in and volunteer in the school. And I saw him teaching in the classes. And um, I was like, wow, this guy really has a command of these children. They were like just enthralled with what he had to say. He was a phys ed teacher. And, uh, and yeah, I just thought he was a really cool person. And that's how we met there. And I, I had started volunteering for the phys ed department.
0: I love that and i've got to say it makes me giggle because i went to an all-girls school and i I think it was pretty much 90 percent of the girls fantasy to be with the the, there was two male uh pe teachers and it was a bit like you know the two men in the village and they all and (laughs) i laugh at like someone actually got a male (laughs) piece that's hilarious one she got the dream um i love it so I would love to go back to your mindset um, right before you you met um, Mr. Swanson. <laughs> What's Mr. Name? Swanson, I actually called him Mr. Swanson because the kids did. I
1: actually called him Mr. Swanson. He said, "Please don't do that." <laughs> so my mindset when I first met him, like at the school, we had not dated or anything yet, and I was a single parent. I had uh, you know my two girls at the time. They were. Seven and seven and five years old. And I I was actually in a really good place. You know, some people would probably be thinking, wow, you're a single parent with, you know, two little girls. I had no help from my ex-husband. I actually have a lifetime restraining order on my first husband. So there was no child support. There was no uh, type of support at all from him. So it was just me and my girls. But we were having a really good time. Money was tight. Absolutely. Money was tight because I tried to stay home with him as much as I could. And, but we really had a good time. I, I think, um, because leaving that relationship was the best thing I ever could have done to help empower myself and help me to grow as a woman and just, and just having that with my girls. I'm just going to have a good time with them, you know, as I'm going through this journey.
0: Oh, I love so, it. Yeah. And- I was in
1: a good headspace.
0: Yeah. And so when you had first left that abusive relationship, were you not in a good head space and did you do some stuff to get into a good head space or was it just the relief of being out of that kind of propelled you into a good head space?
1: Hmm. You know, at least it's a combination of that. Um, I think, you know, to get into a relationship like that um, Hmm. you obviously don't have a lot of self-esteem and and then you stay there and as most women who are listening to this, if you're in an abusive relationship, whether it's physical or emotional abuse, um, verbal abuse, it's all the same. Um, you, it sort of builds over the years until you then all of a sudden you realize exactly how much you're putting up with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what am I doing? And it's scary to leave because leaving is unknown. And that can be quite scary. But I think I had enough strength. And I was brought up by my parents to be independent, um, to stand on my own two feet. These are the kinds of the words that I heard growing up. Um, feminism was huge in the seventies and eighties when I was growing up. So um, I think that definitely helped me to, push past that and reaching out actually to my brothers. I had some brothers that I reached out to saying, okay, this is what's going on The this situation. I need to get out of here. And they helped me um, to get out. But then once I took that step and actually I, I took my girls out of the house um, and went to one of my brother's houses and stayed there and called him and said, you need to leave. You know, get out of the house. You're going to give your key to our landlord and just laid it all out for him. And it was scary. I was shaking a bit having to tell him all of that. But the relief. I remember the next day going back to our apartment with my brother because he had to make sure that he, my ex-husband, wasn't in the apartment any longer. And we walked back in there. And I think I had to. I had to go get something at the store. And my brother said, and this is going to sound just so silly, but it was really powerful for me. My brother said, well, go ahead to the store and go get it. I'm here with the girls. And I said, okay. And I walked out the door and I realized it had been five years. I was married for five years to this man. Five years that I had not been able to walk out the door feeling relaxed because Mm -hmm. I always walked out wondering, are my kids okay? And that was such an incredibly freeing moment that was like, that's exactly what I felt. I said, "Oh my God, I'm free." I mean, it actually was the beginning, <laughs> beginning of another part of a journey because I had to, you know, fight to keep my girls just with me. But it it felt so freeing.
0: Mm, wow, that's really really powerful. Um, yeah, yeah. I think so many people can relate to the feeling of dread of walking up to the front door or knowing you've got to come home, whether it's from their childhood mm-hmm. or a situation they're they've been in as an adult. I mean, not everyone can relate, but I think a lot of people can to that situation. And, uh, you know, growing up, not to name names or anything, but I I saw people not leave situations like that. So I'm always intrigued to hear about the situations where people do, like, well, how how did you do it? I saw people not able to. Um, So I just want to acknowledge you. That's a huge, courageous move. Because Thank you. It's one thing to think of if you're sitting here and you're feeling kind of in your comfy, safe home right now thinking about leaving, you're like, what's the big deal? It's another when your spirit has been broken down and you're terrified and every day you're in fight or flight and you've been like that for years to then find the courage. So I guess what I'm curious about, there's there's something that comes up for me and I I like to study um, the resonance or the feeling people get when they first meet their partner and i guess what i'm curious about is when you first met your first husband that ended up it being you know a dangerous situation and then when if you compare that to when you first it, when you then you then met your your now husband which is a beautiful relationship would you say your your system felt something different like there was one like did did you get any anxiety with the first one and then a sense of calm with the second is there anything like that
1: the economic- what a great question. That's a wonderful question. Now, I'll tell you, when I first, okay, let's, first relationship, bad, you know, uh, abusive relationship, when I first met him, we were both very young. I was in my teens at that point, and we had dated off and on. So I, I knew that there were things that I didn't like, I knew there were sides of him I didn't like, there was drinking, there were some drugs involved, but it was always like, I'll come back when you quit. And I think, you know, part of me just thought, well, this is, I think low self-esteem thinking that this is who I'm going to be with and who else would want me. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a little bit of that in there. There's also that belief or wanting to believe that, well, you know, when we get married, there's going to be more responsibility. He's not going to want to drink. He won't want to go out as much. Like that's going to go away, which is ridiculous because you hear people say these like, you know, on the, you know, Wednesday night movie, you know, going, don't do it. And here you find yourself doing it. And it's like, why did I think that? So I, I but I think you, it goes back to self esteem and not demanding that somebody do treat you better or just saying, no, I'm not going to go back in that situation because it's not going to change. You know nothing will change. So just realizing that, or maybe I didn't want to see that nothing would ever change. i I'm not really sure. Um and I think by the time I met my second husband, I had been on my own for five years. I didn't date at all between kicking him out and and actually going out with who I'm married to now. I didn't date at all. I didn't want to date. I had no interest in it. And I think that's one of the reasons I was, um, emotionally um, secure and healthy when I met my second husband because I had time to, to be myself, mm. be my own person and live on my own and, um, and felt confident, felt very confident.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's a real trend I see is this concept of like happily single uh, is that people that, that very often when they meet, when they come on, they say, I've been in a great relationship. It's safe. It's been it's satisfying. It's been like that for years. They often say, I wasn't looking. I wasn't, which, which tells you that their that their self esteem was in a place where they felt kind of good on their own. But what a curious thing to go from the belief, who else would want me, to being able to then leave an abusive situation, be on your own for five years happily, not even needing anyone else, um, and then ultimately being able to attract in you know, a really healthy. I mean, when you talk, you can see the love in your voice and your best friends. And, Um, that's quite a transformation to who else would want me, Uh, Like just that, that belief. I think in the time, do you feel like, um, it was the pain of being in an abusive situation that you thought, well, stuff it. If no one else wants me, I'll be, I'll be on my own. Or did you do something in those five years when you were single, uh, or just being single for five years? That got rid of the that that like how did you tackle the who else would want me? I think
1: you know I grew up with a feeling that I wasn't very intelligent. I, I come from a very large family, um, all very intelligent, highly intelligent brothers and sisters. Um, I always felt a little different. I I bet I bet a lot of people could say that. I think I always felt a little bit different. Um, now that I look back. Um, how I was learning things, I realized I was a little bit dyslexic. I have little ADD tendencies. And then just like, okay, I had issues going on. And people didn't recognize those back then. So nobody's fault. I think that's just what was going on. And, and I'm very, I'm highly sensitive. As I have grown, I've realized that I'm, I'm quite sensitive. And I thought that was a bad thing when i was young but now i'm realizing that's actually quite powerful i can feel people's energies very easily um so i've i think i've come to grow to really like myself and having two daughters i mean you want to give the best for them and always telling them how wonderful they are and giving wanting them to be powerful i think maybe as i was teaching them i was teaching myself so we were sort of growing up there together a little bit I love. i think that's part of it
0: i love yeah. that i love that there's there's kind of nothing like you know the love of of your children to inspire into in, you to learn more about how to relate properly how to love and yeah. i really relate to that learning to love your own in a child while you're learning to love and parent the real children in your home yeah uh, that was
1: great because we're incredibly close my girls and i are inc- to this day they're they're now 30 and 32 <laughs> and we are incredibly close
0: um, what would you say i just i know it's me it's mainly about romantic love but i am i'm a mum of two young girls uh they're they're nearly um well they're seven and four and i love them so much i i I would just like to know if if i'm speaking to someone who has a close relationship their daughters into their 30s do you like what do you think has been the key to that (laughs) Uh, what is the key to that well, what, do you, do you think, you know, uh, providing secure attachment, um, being a safe space, being someone they can trust? Uh- trust. You know, when you say trust,
1: I, I was always, always honest with my girls, always. Yeah. Um, as a of fact, I used to tell them one of the worst things they can do is lie. It's like, don't ever lie. That's not, that's unacceptable. And I was always honest with them, even with their father leaving. I don't think I've talked to them about everything age appropriately. You know, mm-hmm. I would talk about, you know, you had to, your father had to leave and you're not going to see him again. You know, they they understood all of that. Um, my second husband adopted him. We had a big conversation over that. I mean, every step of the way, I've just been very honest with them. I never talked down to them. I never, you know, talked baby talk to them. I always talked to them like they were adults. And um, and even though I was their mother, obviously, and their guardian, I still, I don't want to say friend because that's different. A friend is different. We were still there to enjoy each other. We always enjoyed our time together. We could have debates. They were allowed to disagree with me because I wanted them to have their own opinions. Um, And believe me, they have strong opinions. (laughs) They're both very good at debating now. Um, So I think just allowing them to be themselves, you know because we all get along very well, but we're all quite different from each other. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's part of it, the trust that they can have to be themselves.
0: Oh, I love that. That's so important. And and I think that's a big one that comes into a romantic relationship as well, is is being honest and allowing the other person to be themselves. Like, either learn to accept them or move on. Um, I, I think it can, can be a key thing. Like, don't try to change someone. Um, yeah, you can share your needs and they can come through their own free will, but, but trying to change is... Um, a recipe for disaster in all relationships so that's that's beautiful and right. timeless for all relationships something that is this is going to be a really left field question for you okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so i i um i've had on the podcast episode 29 an attachment specialist adam lean smith and i really love his work and i once had a podcast by him and something he said was that um that so he's, he's been a psychotherapist he's studied a lot he's like He's like, if you're in a relationship and you don't have children by the six year mark, you'll start falling apart because your biology thinks if you haven't mated and hadn't created a baby with this person, something is wrong with this person. It'll try to get you to start moving on that. You must within six years, make a baby. If you want long-term type thing, this is what the science shows apparently. And so here we have you saying that I've been together 24 years. We're deeply in love. We're best friends. We didn't have biological babies together. Um, was there like a wobble around six or seven years <laughs> or is it you know well, that's I think there usually
1: is whether you have children or not yeah. um, friends of mine I have seen by but I always say people by year five it gets a little bit difficult and I'm not sure why but there definitely was a wobble as you put it um, around that and it took through till year 10 that it really smoothed out. Not that it was terrible during all of those years. It was nothing like that, but there was friction because I think everybody grows at different rates. And I also, at that point, I had um, I had a small business and I really wanted to grow it even bigger. So I got another studio by myself Then it grew to two studios, it grew to three studios. And so it, I was really involved in my work. That was like my number one priority for a while. And, and for me and in my journey, I think I just, I needed to do that. Now, I think I overshot my goal. So my goal was never to have three studios. I didn't want that, but I overshot it and found myself working constantly and not nurturing.
0: Yeah, well, this is a classic, more of an ADHD tendency as well, the hyperphobia, right? So it, make, it makes sense to kind of like go all in and shoot. Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to flag. No, that, that's good. But, um, people are like, how do you overshoot? It's like uh, certain certain neuro neurodivergent things create like okay. a of focus. Um, yeah, so you overshot. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And
1: then so then obviously when you do that, you're neglecting some other area. So I was neglecting my family, you know, my husband and my daughters. I mean, not not abusive neglect like that, but I wasn't home as much, you know, and you're thinking, oh, they're teenagers. They got this. They're OK. Until when I like I told you, my daughters are very good at expressing themselves. Um, they're very comfortable with that until my daughter, one of my youngest daughter came up and said, why are your clients more important than me? it was like oh boy that that hit me pretty hard it was like okay I gotta I gotta make some changes around here and start being around more often
0: I love it nothing like children to just cut straight through and say it direct if they've been given psychological safety to do that Mm -hmm. um they'll they'll just give it to you straight which is beautiful now you know now you know what's going on in their head um but yeah and, and really a credit to you that you let that sit with you and you reflected on that um and, and thought about is there some truth to that and do i want to do stuff differently so yeah this is really beautiful although this is like a there's a lot to unpack in here it's amazing there's so, <laughs> it a lot yeah i love it so when you when you then meet your your now husband what is your first so your first impression is he's got real command of the children blah 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 when did you feel that oh my gosh um there is a connection there this could there is some, there there is like I, I, there is something romantic or um this could be my future partner mm-hmm.
1: that's interesting. you know i felt it pretty early on and i wanted to sort of ignore it because there was nothing going on it was like it's the girl's gym teacher for goodness sakes you know i'm not going to i'm not going to pursue this mm-hmm. and um so we probably they they used to have um what was it called? It's called the Walk for Fitness, a fundraiser for the fitness department. I used to help him run it. So we did have interactions, but there was never anything romantic, nothing like that. But my daughters, because I have such a big family, they raised an enormous amount with this fitness fundraiser. And, And he said, oh, I'll have to thank you. I'd love to take you and your girls out for a ride on my boat. And honestly, at least, I'm thinking, I don't even swim. I don't want to go in a boat. I don't want to do this." And I just said, I said, well, that's that's very nice of you, But, you know, I, you know, I'm not comfortable. I don't swim. It's a big boat. Come on out. So finally, I said, "All right, I'll go." And that was our first time going out together. And that's when I called him Mr. Swanson when we were out. <laughs> and he said, "Don't call me Mr. Swanson." And um, but I just thought he was a really cool person. I thought it would be great, but I didn't think anything would happen. But then he ended up calling me shortly after this. Now this this is a surprising part. So for me, well, looking back, it's like, how did I end up doing this? Because this was at the end of the school year. So he took us out in the summer. I think it was somewhere around 4th of July. He took us out for that boat ride. And then within two weeks, we started dating. And so we would go out and date. So we dated for the summer. And Labor Day, just as school was about to start up, he proposed. Whoa. So it was only after a few months that he proposed. And we got married two months later. Wow. So it was all it's like incredibly fast. And, and here we are like you know 24 years later
0: oh my gosh and has he ever shared with you what his first impression is of you and and how he just knew and how like has he shared what what was going on for him oh that's a good question um
1: (laughs) i i can't remember you know we probably talked about it at some point but i i don't
0: i can't remember he just knew obviously he must have felt like he just knew to move that quick to, to meet you once on a well to have to spend time with you on a boat call you pretty quickly after move things along propose there's got to have been an energy of certainty coming from him
1: yes yeah there was more certainty with him in the beginning like when he asked me to marry him i mean i said yes but then there was the how are the girls going to handle this? What's going to happen with them? Because one one daughter was super excited. The other one was very leery, like, oh, what do you mean we're getting married? What's going to happen to our life? You know, the older one, because she had had more time alone with me. Um, mm-hmm. So I think he had a little bit more certainty than I did. Um, but, you know, I'm going to have to ask him that question
0: now. <laughs> after we get <laughs> off of here. <laughs> One of my favorite conversations, tell me why you liked me at the start. That's right. <laughs> it's actually a really beautiful way to kind of, to throw you back into a moment of nostalgia and reflection and remember how excited, excited you were when you first met and therefore you kind of re- remind you to be grateful right now, you know? Um, and yeah. on that note, I, I would love to know, so it sounds like, you know, you, you meet, et cetera, et cetera, you get together, um, you have a bit of a power struggle and now you've kind of been like pretty smooth sailing from what I gather from 10 years to 24. What, what are your tips on making marriage work on and making it an enjoyable best friend, you know, peaceful as possible dynamic?
1: Well, oh, you know, I think, I, I love the word balance. Maybe because I'm a leaver. I don't know, but I love the word balance. And I think that comes into any relationship, having balance. And it's a balance of your time together and time apart. Because I love my time alone. Um, He does too. Like we both have activities that have nothing to do with each other. Um, And having that time together because I think too much time apart, you can easily grow apart. Um, Too much time together, you can sort of lose yourself. So it's that delicate balance, I think, of being uh, interdependent and not too dependent or on somebody or too independent, right? I think that's that interdependence and balance. I think that's, that does it.
0: I love that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the lesson is everywhere. It's always somewhere in the center, (laughs) not to one of the extremes. Um, Something that it's reminding me of is there's this guy, Dr. John Gray, he wrote Mars, Venus, um, very Mm -hmm. famous books, but he's written like 50 books. He's very well known for his information relationships and I once saw a YouTube of him and he said that he trial he was with his wife for 33 years, I think before she passed on. And he, he talks about how he tried he did trial and error, trial and error, and he realized that um because he had to travel a lot for work and he realized two weeks, two weeks was a limit, that if he went more than two weeks without seeing his wife and without giving her orgasms, that, that <laughs> they, they would start falling apart. Like two weeks was the 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 apart maximum. And so he literally, for once he figured that out, he diligently never was more than, and so and so I, you know, but that just shows the mindset of, okay, let's experiment of apart together, but like what works, what, um, and that and that, that is something you sort of do have to figure out. Uh,
1: yeah, I think that's different for everybody. Don't mm-hmm. you? I mean, because yeah. there are some couples who, like I have one sister, she has a great marriage and they, they can spend months apart. Not that they don't talk to each other each day. Mm-hmm. They would always talk to each other but they travel quite a bit. They don't have children. They travel a lot and there can be times when he's in Germany and she's here or he's in India and she's in Germany. So, and but they never miss a phone call with each other. So they still have that connection mm-hmm. you know, but, there's, but they could spend, you know, a few months apart living apart from each other.
0: Wow, that sounds like a great, interesting love story too. I love that, all the different, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's like everything, isn't it, it's bio-individual. Um, you've, right. got to, you've got to figure out the, the poetry and the chemistry between two people and um, and then find your flow in that. But I think it's having the intention of wanting to work it out, right? It's Instead, right. instead of wanting to battle your partner, actually well, let, let's figure out the, the relationship flow. Would you say that? Right. Yes,
1: yes, definitely. It's, yeah, figuring out that flow and figuring out, like I said, you know, even with the, you know, living apart or together, I guess people do it even longer, right? There's long-term, long-distance relationships where people live apart for a couple of years. Um, but I think everybody has to figure out what works for them. Like, what can you live with? What can't you live with? You know, I'm sure there's things that would bother me that I cannot live with at all. And somebody else would think, well, that's crazy. That's I could deal with that you know, it, it all depends on our past experiences. Yeah. What we're yeah. bringing to the table.
0: So true. So true. What was, what is your sensation, your, your overall sensation of being in this relaxing sort of best friend relationship um, versus being on edge? For, like if, I guess what I'm trying to dig into here, and I probably didn't have the great, the best question to get there, but a lot of people have only ever been in unsafe relationships and they think that that's how it is. It is a battle. It is. And they hear, Oh, relationships are hard. So they think, Oh, this is it. It's just hard. You get home and you, and, and, and I think for someone who's been in the unsafe and who's now in the safe love um, can you give any words to the difference of, of that experience and so that people that are in it's very the different can reflect on potentially something else that's out there.
1: Mm. it's very different because you're right. When you're in an unsafe relationship, there is that dread when you know he's coming home. What's going to happen? Is he going to be sober? Is he going to be drunk? Is he going to be happy? Is he going to be angry? Am I going to say the wrong thing to throw everything off for the entire night? You know, it is that dread, that nervousness of, you know, being on edge, walking on eggshells all the time, not knowing what's going to happen. And I did bring some of that into the safe relationship where it would, I'd be afraid to disagree because I didn't want to upset things like that would come up sometimes and it would be like, okay, so that's not reality. That was just my thoughts, right? The circumstances where I was in a safe relationship, but my thought was still in the old relationship. So that took, that took getting used to, and I think finding out that you can say things and things not going to fall apart. It's okay. You can voice your opinion. It's all right. You can have an argument. You can be wrong and it's okay. (laughs) You know, it's everything is okay. I think it takes time. I think somebody who is in an abusive relationship and they're thinking that they can't get out that one. Yes, you can, because there is help out there. And as much as the abuser keeps telling you that don't leave or I'm coming after you or if you do this, I'm going to do that. You know, that's they usually can't. Um, they, you know, usually if you can, you can get someplace safe. There's so many organizations out there that help women to get out, and then just knowing, I would want to tell them that it does get to a point where you can exhale. You know, it, it, everything will be okay. It does last with you for a while. I, I still have dreams sometimes now about trying to get away from my ex-husband. Wow. And it's been twenty-four years, and I'll be like, I wake up and be like, "Where the hell did that dream come from?" Like, and why is it still happening? And then I just because you sort of deny that you were in that much trauma, right? Like we wanted, we don't want to believe that I was one of them, yeah.
0: right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow, that's. Sick. I think I
1: answered your question.
0: You did. <laughs> did that, it's so powerful. So yeah, you absolutely did. Yeah. So it's basically. Um, you feel like you can be yourself you can share your truth you can have an opinion I'm guessing you can say no uh-huh. you can you can have a, you can have boundaries and it's not like the whole world falls apart um and, and, and it's taken a while for you to realize oh uh, not, nothing's gonna happen nothing's like, yeah yeah it, 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 it's safe it's safe because you've still been waiting for like I guess when I work with people they talk about, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. In case you a while yes. to wondering, the shoe's not gonna drop. It's not dropping. <laughs> There's no other shoe. This person gives love without strings attached. It's just, you know, it's just it's um, it's it's safe. So that's really beautiful. So, Lisa, you work with um, you work with women over fifty. Uh, just want to tell us a little bit about what you do and, and how people can find you and get in contact with you. I'm sure.
1: Uh, so yes, I work with women over fifty. Um, specifically because there's not a lot of, out there for women over fifty. I started out years ago as a personal trainer. Is how I supported my girls when it was just us. Do uh, and, and matter of fact, my girls came with me to all my appointments because they weren't even in school yet. So when I first kicked my husband out, they were only two and four years old. So it was just me and my little girls (laughs) going around doing this, but I started out as a trainer, brought on nutrition to it, brought on health coaching and um, have really delved into the mindset part of that. So I deal with helping women get past roadblocks of, you know, limiting beliefs or even just circumstantial of just like, I'm crazy busy. How am I ever going to take care of myself? So I work with that I do group programs mainly. I do a little bit of private coaching but now mainly it's groups because I love the power of a group of women. It's amazing what they can do together. And people can get a hold of me. I have a uh website bodyandsoulcoaching.com or in
0: social media it's lisa swanson fit. Lisa Swanson fit. Awesome. And I'll also uh, pop all this in the in like the caption and the notes of the podcast so that people can find that there too. Um, yeah, great. Lisa, it's, it's been really, really a wonderful conversation, really important topics that we've touched on a great story of hope and inspiration for people that perhaps don't have that safe love yet. And to feel like it can happen for them. And perhaps they think, well, not when I've got children and this and that, um, you know, uh, and it's, it's a great story of hope. So I'm wondering before you, before we wrap up, is there anything that you wanted to say on love or relationships? today that, that you haven't yet had the chance to say, I haven't yet quite asked the right question, Uh, but something you just want to share. I I think you did cover it, but, but just when you
1: just mentioned, like, you know, I have children, not yet. Um, Don't stay together for the children. I think the most empowering thing you can do for your children is to leave because if you stay in an abusive relationship, mine was more emotional verbal abuse. It wasn't really physical. He was starting to get physical uh, mm-hmm. when I left. But even so, that emotional verbal abuse is horrible and it my daughters remember it. They have vivid memories of of that, of the anger and the yelling. And that hurts. And I can't imagine these wonderful, beautiful, great, incredible daughters I have, what would they have been like if I had stayed and they had to witness that over and over again throughout their lives, it would have scarred them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, and it probably would have perpetuated the situation. They would have been in abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. So like for the sake of your children, get out of the relationship, have the strength to get out for them, if nothing else. And if it's not girls that you have, it's boys, don't let them grow up to be an abuser get them out of that they you because you're just teaching them that it's okay
0: Mm, I think that's a really powerful message because um yeah just tracking back to the situations that I saw I think something that that can keep people stuck is um the shame or the humiliation of people knowing like once you you stay at home and and you keep no one knows but once you leave and but like you've had to say oh the father's not in the life now you have to now it's vulnerable now people know now um, you have to declare you're not and I think that can be a big thing that traps people is just worrying too much about the external image and what people will think rather than safety and the safety of their children. I know
1: I I hope that they could know that the shame is on the abuser <laughs> not the one who was abused you know you have nothing to be ashamed about nothing to be ashamed about at all you didn't do anything wrong and maybe that's that's part of it you think you did something wrong what did i do wrong if i just didn't say this this wouldn't have happened if i didn't do that we'd be okay tonight it's not it's it doesn't matter if it's, it's yeah it's I mean, well,
0: and usually part of the emotional abuse is that there is you know often right. like a gaslighting and a, mm-hmm. people come out thinking that it is them right uh, right Like, did you, did you feel like it was, did you have to heal from that or you just, you knew? Well,
1: you know, I had already been, I, you know, it sounds very cold and calculating, but I had known a year before I left, I had known that I was going to leave. Mm -hmm. And I, I very, very coldly figured it all out. I was saving money on the side without him knowing I had I was just I was calculating it just going. Of fact, I think I even told him a year before I left. I think I told him I don't love you anymore. And then one day I am going to leave. And because and, he was going down a really bad road using drugs and things like that. And he told me he was going to take me down with him. And I said, oh, no, you won't. And that just made me get even stronger, luckily. And I just I bided my time until I was ready to be able to, you know, get him out mm. and have some money.
0: I love that such inner strength yeah. that you've displayed and an intentional strategy and um, yeah. Yeah. Very powerful story. And um, is there any final words on making, on getting the love that you do want on, on making the love that you, you have work or oh, getting be with
1: the- somebody who, you know, you can be yourself with, who you can have fun and laugh with, you know, it like. I I really, my husband always says, I'm not that deep, Lisa. When I say, what are you thinking about? What's going on? I say, I'm not that deep. Just, you know, let it be. And he's got a really good point there. You know, he's, because I can go on and try to analyze things, you know, that type of mind that I have. And he's just very easygoing. So just somebody who compliments you and that you can just be yourself with. You should never be afraid to to speak your mind. Never be afraid to have a difference of opinion. Just yeah, just be yourself and, and know what you can and cannot live with. If you can't live with something, then don't do it.
0: I love that. I love that. It's funny, my husband's the same. I'm always like, What are really? you being? He's like, Absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took me years to because I had such a, a busy mind um no. it took me I've calmed it down I've done a lot of work now it's not that busy anymore but I used to have a really busy mind and I, I took me I'm like what do you mean well like I, I could not believe that some people's minds were just like he, he jokes he's like tumbleweed <laughs> he's like I can wake up and for the first hour of the day not have one articulate thought I'm like wow really yeah yeah, yeah he's very very easygoing going too so um yes. so it's really funny uh, hearing you 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 say yes I can relate to that moment what are you thinking nothing and then you both laugh yeah, yeah. it's funny it's kind of like they have that in the Simpsons it, it cuts to Homer Simpson it's just like do, do. it's like something dancing in his head
1: right right <laughs> I don't know maybe that's something that's with more with men I think than I reckon do. Yeah,
0: yeah yeah I reckon um All right, Lisa, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure connecting with you. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. I appreciate your vulnerability, your openness, your courage, your wisdom, your insights, and and your transformation for kind of showing up for yourself so that years later we can all sit here and hear about it and learn about it and, um, you know, potentially plant seeds for anyone that's maybe stuck right now and doesn't have hope that, you know, maybe is having the thought, well, who else would want me? Uh, There's nothing out there. So I think uh, I think something you said that was really I've made a couple of notes. And um, I think a couple of really important things that I just want to pinpoint that you've said that I think were really powerful was um, don't get married to someone thinking that they're going to get better or that they're gonna change. I think that was a really important point that you said that, oh, after the marriage, they won't do that. After the, 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 the." like, no, like who they are is who they are. Marriage is just making it official that you're now gonna try and work things out together, but uh, you gotta get married thinking that they're always gonna be exactly as they are right now. Um, Yeah, uh, and you said like, it's not gonna change, nothing will change. Um, Yes, uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, well, I, th- I think that was the most important one that I wrote down. The other one was the the note on the who else would want me and and building your self esteem and self worth and, yeah. and the importance of that. All right, well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure connecting with you. Oh,
1: thank you for having me here. At least it was wonderful. Great conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Love with Elise Peck. Well, that was a really powerful and important discussion, really important for anyone that currently feels stuck in a relationship that, that isn't compatible, that is a toxic dynamic, um, that isn't serving them and perhaps will feel inspired by that story. But also just a powerful story for any of us listening to see someone go from point a to point b right to see someone go from a situation that that isn't what she wants to a situation that is what she wants and how that ultimately did come to her when she wasn't looking for it right when she was just enjoying her life and um and and happily being single okay so this is another one of the power of sort of um not looking of being in a state of more of a surrender of acceptance of living a life just for you and for your own your own fulfillment and how that tends to bring in really from what we're seeing there's a real trend of that bringing in really satisfying safe enduring lovely relationships okay beautiful all right thank you so much for joining i've popped the links to to connect with lisa in the caption in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about me, your host, Elise Peck, you can head to elisepeck.com, elisepec com. And uh, if you know anyone with an incredible love story, please encourage them to go to my website, elisepeck.com, go to book now and to book in a podcast interview with me so that we can capture their love story. I'm really, really keen and Um, excited to capture a really diverse range of love stories that we can all connect to resonate with take some wisdom from and feel inspired by so the more the merrier all right thanks and I look forward to connecting with you on another episode of love with Elise Peck very soon bye for now